Well, hey, um, we're doing something a little different tonight. If you were here last week, uh, it's pretty similar. Actually, it's the, it's the, it's the exact same thing. So uh, we are doing a live Q&A. There's a note. Is that on the screen? Three, two, one. Yeah. Yeah, I have it on my phone. Yep. Um, so we're going to do a live Q&A. Um, we're going to answer questions. There's a number on the screen. Text that number. You can answer any question. Or no, that's not what I... That was, that was not right. You can ask any question. So uh, nothing is off the table. Um, I will say this. We are doing a relationship series. Do you guys get mics? Nope. Uh, we are doing a relationship series in February. Hello? So we are going to try to avoid some of those uh, r- uh, questions. Not because we don't want to answer them, but because we want to leave them for our relationship series. And uh, so you can go ahead and start texting in questions. Uh, and uh, I, think, I think we're good to go. Give it up. Let's go, dude. Give what it up, stud. Levi. Thanks, my brother. Oh, shoot. These questions are coming in already. You guys are on top of it. I love it. I don't even think we need to do our first question because there's tons of questions. You want to do it? No, do it. No, no, no. no, no, no. no I, that face, I, no, I'm not doing it. Whatever. Okay, fine. Okay. Can we, uh, real quick, can we just, who we are, so in case yeah. there's some new people here, they know what's, who, who are four people here? Your voice here. is gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I screamed a lot. My voice is gone too, but I not screamed a lot. I screamed a lot. Oh, we won. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, 40, 43 to 16, Seahawks took the, took the W. It was amazing. It was amazing. Where, where Against the San the Francisco Niners. 49ers. Oh, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's first game back in Seattle, and uh, it was just a beautiful day. I kind of sound, that sound a little manlier. I like it. <clears throat> yeah, baby. You sound, di- yeah, it's definitely different. That's for sure. So we got questions coming in. Yeah, we do. Well, I'll introduce myself. My name is Wesley, and uh, I am on our LWY team. I work with uh, Pastor Chase over here on the far right. And uh, yeah, my name is Wesley. My name is Amanda, and I'm also on the team, and I'm married to this guy. Yep, we're married. Hello. How long have you guys been married? Almost four months, December 11th. Almost four right? months. Come on. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. got it when it's like shorter. We'll see when it gets yeah, like we'll see. more years from now. I'm Holly, married to Chase. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm. We've been married uh, for six years. Six years, October. My name is Chase, and uh, we are from California, been here for about a year, and I got, I got one of my best friends in the world here, standing in the back, wearing a Russell Wilson jersey. This is my friend Jordan Let's Schlegel. Go. Can everybody give it up for Jordan? Come on, Jordan! You guys have heard me, some of you heard me talk about my, my best friends. He's one of my, one of my three, and if you were here at my generosity sermon a couple weeks ago, he's the guy I was talking about uh, in, that, in that generosity sermon, so. All right, take it away. Well, we got some questions. Yeah. I think, the, I think the first one we hit, this is a common one. Uh, it's come up a couple times. Um, and we just sing about peace, so I think it's pretty relevant. But how, how do you overcome anxiety? How do you, how do you deal with anxiety? Yeah, you want to take first step? Go. I was going to say, really practically, we went through an incredible sermon series a couple months ago. Slaying, take ground. Oh, man, you guys. <laughs> Slaying giants take Slay giants, take ground. There and there was a week that um, Pastor John came and preached on anxiety and depression. And we have those podcasts. And so if you were not here for it or if you were here for it, 
go back and listen to it. I, it was just so powerful and life-changing that I would say that would be my answer. Yeah, you can search LWY podcast. Living Water High School on Apple Podcasts, and that'll it'll pop up, or Google Play. LWY High School. LWY High School. Yeah. To listen to those. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of the times it's just because I'm doing I'm just doing live too fast, and so I have to take some strategic pauses to just go. Because a lot of the time, like my anxiety can snowball at times. Anybody experienced that maybe before? You just like feels like it's just getting faster and faster, and you can't get control of it. A lot of it's because we just do not pause and stop and be quiet and listen to what God's saying to us. And so for me, this is just, it's just being intentional about pausing with the Lord and letting him speak to me and not just always talking to him. That's a big, that's a big, that's practical, but it's one way that I, I work out some of my anxiety when I have anxiety. Some of these questions are funny. I'm reading them. Who's taller, Chase or Holly? <laughs> Chase is taller by an inch. What? You're wearing boots. Chase is taller by an inch. I got about an inch. I'm six. No, I'm not Whoa. six. Whoa. Five, six, and three quarters. Chase is five, seven, and three quarters, ironically. I'm five, eight. Five, eight? I'm a good day. I'm five, eight. Five, eight. When Seahawks win, I'm a five, eight. For sure. Okay. I got another one. Get it. Okay. Um, what do I do? When I go into service or something, some event, and expect a lot from God, like we're supposed to, and I feel like I didn't get much out of it, even though it felt like a lot was going to happen. Maybe a missed expectation. I think, uh, well, I think it's great, even just how you you worded that, whoever it is, um, like we're supposed to. I think it's always great to have an expectation when you come to something. Um, cause I, I know that's hard for some people cause some people are like, man, my expectations are never met. So like, why have another one? Can I tell you, God is always going to come through for you. It just may not look like how you thought it would. And I can tell you countless amount of services that I attended, countless amount of conferences that I went to or camps, summer camp. I mean, we always talk about camp high and like going to camp and you experience God like never before. And then, then you have to go home and, and I, and I I think it's, we have to clear this thing of like, like sometimes God speaks to you in a very clear way. Sometimes he doesn't. Now that, that doesn't negate that God's real, doesn't negate that he's doing something in your life. I mean, I, I, I can think of seasons where I, I would sit down and read my Bible and like, I'm just like every, I feel like every word's just like this gold nugget from the Lord, like descended and like, man, this is so good. And then there's other times I sit and read my Bible and I'm like, like, why am I doing this? And I think, uh, I, I would say, keep showing up. So you go, you go to something, and you have this expectation, and he meets it. Praise the Lord. Keep going. You go again, and you have that expectation, and it, and it just doesn't work how you, how you thought it would. You didn't get as much as you thought. Keep showing up. Don't, don't let the, the, the amount you think you receive or, or how you think God is God's not speaking to me. Keep showing up. Keep coming to the Lord. Keep, keep, keep seeking him. Keep seeking his presence because as you do, you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's going to be times where you don't hear him as much, but those are times where he shapes you. He shapes, he shapes you in silence. Isn't that crazy? No, he doesn't say anything to you maybe, and he's going to shape you. He's going to do something in you. He's speaking to you. He's doing something in you. So, so don't, 
don't equate silence or not hearing from him or not not experiencing him how you thought you would. Don't equate that to he's not doing anything in my life because that's not true. So keep showing up, keep pressing in, and uh, yeah. It's great. I heard, I heard somebody, pastor say once, that the silence of God does not equal the absence of God. Yeah. And we see that through Jesus' death in the tomb for three days, right. and boom, God's powerful resurrection of him. So a couple questions for the girls, um, and one of you guys can, both of you or one of you can answer. What should I do if, if I don't have parents who are actively in my life? Uh, and then the part B to that, how do you overcome feeling alone when you don't have a parents or family in the holiday season? So two, two questions, but kind of around the idea of family. What do you do if you don't have parents who are active in your life? And then how do you overcome feeling alone when you don't have parents or family in the holiday season? I'll touch on the first part. Um, press into your relationship with Jesus, because more than your earthly parents, he satisfies needs that you'll never be met by anyone here on this earth. Um, but two seek out someone who could be a spiritual parent for you. Um, so that could be even like leaders here, or it could be someone you may have never expected. So in both of those, just pressing into your relationship with the Lord because there are things that he will fulfill that no one else can. But within that, praying and seeking and ask the Lord to either reveal people to you or or for you to, to seek those people out. Because um, I know a lot of people who grew up in not so great homes or just didn't have those people in their life. But I've also heard so many stories on the flip side of other parents or couples or even an individual who stepped in to be that spiritual father or mother. So, and whoever that is, I'm praying that that happens for you, that there's someone that steps in that gap. So I'd say that for the first. That's really good. My heart really, really hurts for you. The Lord sees you and loves you deeply. Um, and it doesn't decrease your value or your worthiness in life if your parents are not present or actively involved or you feel like your parents don't love you the way that you should and deserve to be loved by your parents. Um, You've got a father. I just echo that. Like, you have a father in heaven that adores you more than any flawed parent could. And we all have flawed parents. And if you will be a parent one day, you will be a flawed parent. Um, Man, the Heavenly Father adores you. Just think about last week as Wesley and Chase talked about leaders in our lives. Like, the, the importance of uncomfortably it's a little bit like okay I got to step out and this is uncomfortable like seeking seeking out people to be those spiritual parents it takes stepping out of your comfort zone um and then just really praying that the Lord puts friends in your life whose parents will just love the heck out of you and invite you into their homes and so I'm going to be strategically praying alongside Amanda like that in this season that parents around you begin seeing you and just invite you in. And if you don't have, like in this season, if you have that void in your life, come talk to us and we want to we help 
point you to people that can just love you. It's really good. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more. Would you, unless you got one loaded. If you got one loaded, I'll look back on mine and we'll just kind of ping pong. Because when we play ping pong, we know who wins. Whatever. A <laughs> um, couple quick ones. Who's taller, Wes or Amanda? What well, I am, but just barely. But just ba- see, it's like uh, no, here, sit up. We're wearing the same shoes, so sit up. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the next one. Wesley and Amanda, did you plan to match your shoes? That's the next question. I'm a little taller, I guess. But it's like it's like the the uh, height difference. Of like I'm scared when she wears high heels, because then it's like I feel insecure. I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> um. Another one here. You went from 27 years old to 12 years old after you shaved. First of all, it's not, it's not a question. How'd that even, how'd that even, how'd that even get in? I was a little shocked when he walked downstairs in the middle of the day yesterday. How'd that even get in there? It's not even a question. Get out of here. Uh, this is great. Um, get out. Sebastian, come with clutch, dude. Listen, Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> you see the laugh. I love you too. Um, love this question. This is a tough one. Uh, I wrestle with this, and I love to hear some thoughts across the board here. How do I not be prideful? I try to be humble, but then it feels fake, and like I'm just feeding off of how to be humble. How feeding off of how humble people think I am, rather than. In, in you know reference to potentially true humility or authentic humility. So how do I not be prideful? Great question. I'll I'll just I'll throw it out and give you guys a chance to to respond. Anybody can take it. I'll start. This is you like this topic. Too. I do. I yeah. love this one because uh, I am not humble. Well, I'm not. I try to be. I really want to be. Uh, I wrestle humble down every day and, and s- pursue it. I mean, seek after it. Um, I mean, I say that to say, like, I, a lot of the time in my life, I've had, um, I've wrestled with fake humility. So whoever's out there asking, I, I, can, I can resonate with that. With just, like, the appearance of humility, false, false humility, maybe, if you will. Um, I asked this question one time in a small group of people and some pastors and a leader I really looked up to um, who was a prominent pastor in you know nationally internationally known and I asked him how do you stay humble with everything going on in your life and he said um I don't know if I've ever been humble a day in my life like I I think I might have stopped in humble town for a little bit and then just went right through just that concept of humility is hard to grasp uh but honestly like what for for me it's just continuing to remember without Christ I'm nothing I mean without Jesus I'm nothing I don't care how cool somebody thinks I am or not cool. Because a lot of the times people could swing to the opposite side. Pride isn't just thinking too highly of yourself. It's also thinking not highly enough. So we can have the struggle of like, oh, they're prideful. But prideful, prideful is not just being too, too thinking. Too. It's also it's thinking of yourself incorrectly, thinking of yourself the way, not the way that God thinks about you. That's pride. And um, just to give other people a chance to speak, I could speak on this for a long time, but Ultimately, for me, it's continuing every single day to come back to the reality that without Jesus, I'm nothing. And it's only in him that I find my greatest fulfillment, my greatest identity, my greatest security and confidence. And 
And that when I'm humble and I walk in that, submitting to that, not worrying about the opinions of man, God does more in and through me than when I, I try to do something on my own and look cool or look like I've got it together. And uh, God works the most through humility. And so I want to continue to fight to lay myself down uh, and submit myself to the Lord and remember that without him, I'm nothing. So that helps me in those moments to just continue to fight mm. for humility because I don't, I, I fight it. Other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a scripture I constantly come back to. Um, but in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And I think that goes so hand in hand with our pride because, like you said, pausing, okay, Lord, reveal to me, like, where are the spots in my life that I'm being prideful or I'm not having true humility or my whatever it may be? And knowing because our God's good, he will lead us into the way of everlasting, which is towards him, and God's not prideful. So that's just a little, that scripture I like, constantly come back really to, good. like, okay, Lord, yeah. reveal those things in me because I know they're there. Yeah, and I think uh, just a couple of practicals uh, where I've, and this is hard because, um, there's practical ways that I think you can walk out humility. But in those things, it's kind of hard because you're always battling, okay, now do people just think I'm just, like, have this, like, false humility, kind of what you brought up in the question of just people's perception of me. But I think just some practicals, like, I, I remember, like, there'd be a lot of times where, like, there's a, a conversation and and people are talking about something, and I just try to, like, kind of go with it, like, and or, like, they'll say something, and they're like, yeah, like, I know, like, I, I knew that, like, but I don't actually know that. Like, just being practical and, like, it's okay to, like, not know. <laughs> like, like I, there's been times, and Carson can, can uh, vouch for me in this, but there'll be times where, because I, I lead worship every now and then, and I, le- I was leading for a uh, conference last year, and this dude who's, like, way more musical than I am knows way more than I do, and he's, like, talking through, like, oh, yeah, we'll go to the fifth, and the, the, the major, blah, 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 and I, have, I have no clue what he's talking about. I'm like, yeah, like, totally. I, I, think, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I said something like that. And then I just, like, caught myself, and I was like, actually, I have no clue what you're talking about. So, uh, yeah, how about you tell the team that? Because I have, I have no clue. So, be, being okay with, like, I don't actually know. And, like, and, and I love that there's this quote from a book called Scary Close by Donald Miller. And it's just talking about, like, I'm okay to, like, sound dumb. I'm okay to be wrong. I'm okay to, I'm okay to be perfectly human. Like, you are human. And so just be okay with that. And, and, and catch yourself. I think, I think it's a huge part of it. I'd also say get people around you who can be honest with you. Like, get good friends. Like, we talked about friendship last week, you know. And the only reason I genuinely know at times I'm being prideful is I got people who really love me who are honest with me. Like, hey, you're being arrogant right now. You're acting a little for yourself there. Um, you need you need people like that. Or a lot of times in my life, I've had people call me out on false humility. Hey, stop selling yourself short. You're 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 actually stronger than you're you're making yourself out to be. Uh, you're actually more capable than you are presenting yourself to be. Because I, for the sake of wanting to be humble, I'll sell myself short and be like, ah, oh, maybe I'm kind of I'm okay. Someone's like, no, you're great at that. It's okay to say I'm I'm good at that without being cocky or arrogant. We, we toe that line a lot. But if you keep people around you, good, friend, good brothers, good sisters, uh, being okay for, hey, ready? Parents, right? 
keep keep a soft heart and, a, and an open ear to your parents. Now, all y'all don't have the same parents and the same backgrounds of people that come from the come from the same source and place. But I think there's a lot of things we can be listening to this day, 27 years old, that if I will have an open ear to my dad, to my mom, who loved me, who can help me stay humble, I think we'll be better off in life. So just if you've already turned your ears off to your parents when they're like, hey, you can grow in this area, don't. Don't, don't turn your ear off. There's things that God wants to use them to speak into you too in the area of, of humility. Any, do you have a, a question loaded? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple that came in just kind of about self-worth. Great. Um, let me find them. While you're finding them, Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, How many of you have seen my Instagram stories of my... Huh. couple of you. Chase has a mug that he did not make, let me preface that, of him and Taylor Swift on it from a real-life picture. That's another story, another yeah, day. Another story. But there's a picture, a mug in my cupboard that I like to use. <laughs> this is Taylor Swift and Chase Merrill. Next question. Uh, who's taller, Chase or Wes? I don't know, actually. I think I am. I don't, I don't actually give me, know Give it a second. Like, give it a second to actually look at us. Don't just, don't just assume. That's sick, dude. <laughs> Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, couple of questions on self-worth. I'm constantly finding a new reason to hate myself. How do I learn to love myself? Uh, and then uh, another one had to do with... Um, uh, what do I do about feeling disappointed in myself all the time? Like, wh what do I do when I feel disappointed all the time in myself? I mean, just in general, your worth, the most important answer to the, the question or the feeling about your self-worth comes, comes down to your source of worth. If, there, if there's any problem in your self-worth, it's because there's a breakdown in your source of worth. And, and for a lot of us, it's just because we're getting the, our source of worth on ex, from external circumstances, from external sources, people around us. And when that happens, it's volatile. It, that means it goes up and down. There's good days and there's bad days. And then that just takes you on a roller coaster ride. Like how other people are loving you is how you're feeling valuable. Up and down, up and down. That comes with parent relationships, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, friendships, friend groups, teammates. And for me, it's just a constant daily coming back to my source of value is in Jesus. It's what God thinks of me. And he doesn't, he can't, he won't love me anymore or any less depending on how I behave. It's he loves me infinitely, relentlessly. No matter what I say or do, I can't change that. I can't revoke it. God's love for me stays. And that's my source. And if, if I can, now that's easy said, right? I can say that. Sounds pretty. Sounds Christian. It's all put together. And I've been saying it for a lot of years. It's still so hard for me to really believe about myself. And so I have to constantly come back to that just speaking it out. I'm accepted by the Father through Jesus. And it's nothing that I did. Jesus loves me. God loves me. And Man, I, I'll tell you what, like, if you said that to yourself every day, some, one of the questions is how do you love yourself? Um, hey, how to hate myself less, love myself more. I think first step is just reminding yourself every day, God loves me. God, you love me. Thank you for loving me. You love me. You love me every day. To let that be the beginning of that reminder, I, I have to do that. Otherwise, I get lost in the externals. 
a really powerful, tangible thing to do is um, like going through search. Use use Google. <laughs> Grab a Bible and look through it. But like searching out scriptures um, about who God says you are and then literally writing them out on sticky notes or note cards, whatever you want to do and taping it on your mirror. And as you have to look in that mirror every single day, as you get ready, you read those scriptures. Do you have 30? You have one, however many it is, but like reading that and speaking that truth over you. Um, I, I believe is one of the most tangible ways that like, because sometimes it's, it's easy. Like, okay, every day I'm going to like pray and remember to let's say that, but sometimes the visual for me, like putting it on your mirror is life altering. And I think a lot of those, those things that you think about yourself, they've, you, you, you've seen something, you've heard something from someone. So you've either seen something, whether that's Instagram or someone at school or whatever, or you've heard something or you, you know, you just watch some people and, oh, I want to be like that. You've seen it, you've heard it. It's become a belief in your head. And, and, and I think we have to realize what's feeding those beliefs. So is Instagram feeding those beliefs? Those bad beliefs of like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Then delete Instagram. So find out what's feeding those beliefs and get it out of your life. And I know that's inconvenient. It's not cool. But if that's what it takes to get those beliefs and scripture, man, if there's beliefs in your lives, the opposite of those beliefs are, are found in here. But whatever's feeding that, get it out of your life. It's really good. I was recently listening to a pastor talk about um, but talking, talking about what influences him. And he says, I have, to, uh, I have to talk to myself more than I listen to myself. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Uh, basically, like, speak the truth, even if you don't, you're saying it internally like it's not true. Like, speak it. No. And I love that because that's, that's big for me. I can be in my own little head. And I'm talking and I'm listening to the way that I feel and what listen to it. No, speak to it. No, you are loved. You are valuable in Christ Jesus. Putting sticky notes of scripture on your mirror in the bathroom when you're waking up, you're brushing your teeth, you're washing your face. First thing you see is some truth. Powerful. Get your phone, leave your phone in your room, go read some scripture. That's gonna help you re- re- kickstart that that stuff that the doubt comes in from the very outset of the day. No, put the first thing in front of you, truth about who you are in Jesus. That'll set your whole course. For the day, you got one. Uh, whose jeans are skinnier, Wes or Amanda's? I'd probably say most of the time, most of the time mine. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Probably mine most of the time. We had a talk today. <laughs> yeah, she's like, You're those not are, wearing those. Babe, those are too tight. What a what a day and age, man. Like, whatever. Just times have changed. <laughs> Is there another uh, student leadership service soon? There is. Yeah. I don't know if you guys announced from the, the, the announcements tonight, but in case you miss it, next Sunday night we have yep. our student-led leadership service. It is going to be phenomenal. You don't yeah. want to miss it. Um, yes. Make sure you come out to that. That's a great question. Uh, let's go. Man, some really good questions. If someone has an opposite view of mine, this one's pretty, this one's, this one's good. If someone has an opposite view of mine, how do I deal with it? It's so opposite and it's very controversial. If it's a, if it's so opposite and it's a very controversial topic, abortion. 
and they're very close to me. So let's just broaden the question. What, what do I do when I'm met with somebody who has an opposite view of what I, I believe um, and h- how do I deal with it? What a great question. And let me, let me preface while we, while we think about it, um, that that's, that is real. And this is such a tension um, that you, if you're a believer, if you believe in Jesus and you are a Christian and you're following him right now, this is such a big deal that you, you begin, if you haven't already, you begin to wrestle with what you're going to do, how you're going to respond when you're in moments like this, uh, because they're coming if they haven't already. And there's this tension between saying nothing and saying something or, or saying too much. Walking into the Seahawks game today, there's always these guys, right? They're there with their massive bullhorn sound systems, big old signs and, you know, waving things down, just telling everybody basically that they're going to go to hell if they don't believe in Jesus. And everything they're speaking is truth. Everything. Like I was there, listened. I was in a hot dog line for like 20 minutes, got an amazing brat. It's amazing. But as I'm doing it, I'm listening to these guys because sometimes they don't speak truth. Sometimes they're twisting some things. But literally, I'm listening to these guys, these preachers in front of the Seahawks stadium, and they're telling everybody about Jesus, about the realities of, of sin and all those things. Everything they're saying is scripture. They're, reading it, they're literally reading it from the Bible, and they're telling Jesus. And I'm sitting there wrestling, going, man, they're, the way they've interpreted go and preach the gospel, go and reach people, go and tell people about Jesus, that way they interpreted it is to pick this time and this place where there's a lot of people that are going to be hearing the truth of the word. But I just internally, to be honest with you, I'm wrestling with it because I'm thinking, like, is this the most effective way to do this? Or is it causing more damage to what people might think about Jesus and Christians? Like, is it, or is it, is it solidifying in everybody else's mind what they already think about those crazy Christian people that are like, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in Jesus? And it's all this. I just internally, I was wrestling with it. And, uh, and ultimately... I'd say this, ultimately, I'm always going to lean to the side of more faith, always going to lean to the side of more of Jesus, more truth, um, but I really want to be Holy Spirit-led. I, m- more often than not, we, we, we don't speak when we should. So let me say it a different way. More often than not, we stay quiet when we should speak. That's, that's, for, that's a lot of our generation right now. That's, that's more of what I'm seeing than I'm seeing guys sitting at the middle of the the entrance of the football field, telling everybody truth, but just maybe in a way that's not the most effective. More often, I'm seeing our generation, my generation and this generation, stay silent when they should actually speak. And that's a problem. So to speak to the question, what do I do if I got somebody on the opposite view? Uh, a lot of it comes down to relationship. Man, if, you, if people know you love them and they know you're not just there to prove them right or to, to fight their view, that's a big deal. Um, but, but the point as a Christian is not to win arguments, it's to win people. That's right. Now, that does not mean we say everything that we say to, to make people feel good because that's not the Bible. The Bible, the Bible's got a lot of things that don't make me feel good. In fact, most of the things that like, I need to get my life right come, come to places that don't make me feel warm and fuzzy about myself, but they point me to truth, they point me to Jesus. And so it's, it is a tension that you've got to manage as a follower of Jesus, and why, it's why it's so important that you know what the Bible says. It's so important that you know what God's truth has to say about some things. But if you got someone on the opposite view, one of the first things I'm thinking is, okay, God, help me not get caught up in winning an argument. Because winning arguments ultimately aren't going to bring people to heaven. But I want to win this person over, but I want to stand on your truth. And so in moments like that, I'd say, 
uh, how how is the relationship? Is the re- is the relationship strong enough to where you can speak something that's truthful, that is going to um, be met? Is it going to be spoken in love to the person? Are they going to receive it in love? But there's going to be those moments that no matter what you say, how you say it, they're on the opposite side. And uh, I think we need a generation of people that know God's truth, that know the word of God, and that are also listening and following to the Holy Spirit in moments. Man, I pray, I've already talked a lot, last thing, I pray that this, you all, as you come and you're a part of this community here, you learn how to hear and follow the Holy Spirit. Because, man, there are some times when I know God is saying, get up and be a mouthpiece in this lunchroom right now and share a gospel message for five minutes. I've done that. Think about your cafeterias for a moment. I've done that, okay? Some of you might have done that. I've literally felt God was like, stand up on the bench of the cafeteria. Don't stand on the table table. Like, don't go full Zac Efron. Go right here <laughs> on the bench and stand up and, and give, a, give a message. Say, I know some of you are struggling. God wants to speak to you today. Come here. I've got something God wants, and I, and I did it. But then there's other times where I'm like, that's not going to work right now. And I know the Holy Spirit is like, no, pause, st- step back. And, and, and have a one-on-one conversation with that person right there. Nobody else will see or hear. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is huge. But so many of us are more privy to go, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to, to ruffle any feathers. No. Trust that God's going to use you. Trust that the Holy Spirit's going to go before you. And if you're standing on the truth, trust that he's going to deposit seeds into a, into a soil that may not immediately produce fruit, but that ultimately God's word never returns void. But we need more people that are courageous enough and willing enough to step out in faith uh, more than fear when it comes to those kind of things. I can't find it. Go ahead. Your next question. Yep. Yep, Hit it. Totally can't find it now. I must have messaged more. But there was a question about uh, not having enough time to spend with God but really wanting to start doing devotions. Like, how do you start doing that practically? Um, First thing that came to my head Can we pause define devotions? Yeah. So people that are like, what are you talking about? What's what's devotions? Devotions is a super, super Christian-y term hashtag devos hashtag devos spending time with god like picking up the bible and reading it but giving a devoted moment to jesus is what i would say for me like that's i am devoting this moment to god like i'm not devoting it to anything else i'm not devoting it to instagram i'm not devoting it to talking to someone like this is this is me and jesus so one of the practical ways that in high school my i remember my senior year really being a crazy time I, um, every year, every day when I got to school, I kept a little devotional, um, in my, like the little door of my car right here, whatever that pocket is called. And I would park in the school parking lot and I carpooled with people, but they'd get out of the car or they wouldn't get out of the car, whatever they wanted to do. But like every day I parked my car in the spot. I pulled out that devotional book. So I had a devotional book actually then that season. And I read it and I forced myself, like, I do not get out of this car until I, Take time, pause, read the scripture that is for this day, think about it, pray to Jesus for a second. It was like three minutes max, but like it was like super intentional. I keep this with me. It's just part of my routine. It's non-optional. If you're driving, someone else is driving you in the car to school. Or it, there's these super practical things that we can do. It's not this like, okay, I have to set my alarm 45 minutes early so that I wake up and do this this morning, and then it's going to impact the rest of my day. The Lord just wants our attention focused and wants to invade our minds and our hearts because he is our everything. And so do it while you're doing other things. Like 
Put a Bible somewhere where you're always going to be consistently. Use, use the Bible app on your phone. It's not my favorite because it's distracting. I really think for myself, I can't do it personally. So get yourself a Bible or buy yourself a devotional. If you need help, come talk to us. We've got a lot of options. But I would say literally schedule it into bring it into something you normally do in a day. <laughs> Someone's scheduling it right now. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. That's awesome. Uh, question. I want, I want you to hit it, Wesley, and then um, I might hit it real quick. Why do you take attendance for yeah. church? Why do you take attendance for church? Let's, let's talk to that. I love this question. Yeah. And maybe, maybe explain it a little bit. Yeah. So we, we take attendance every week, which, Sydney, did you take attendance tonight? Come on, let's go. Okay, so this is, this is a question that um, uh, it's asked often, and a lot of people are like, why, why do you care about the numbers? And I want to make two statements that are very contradicting. <laughs> it's not about the numbers, but it's about the numbers. Okay, so, and I want to unpack that a little bit. It is not about the numbers. We are not, I mean... We are not going home thinking, man, oh, man, we hit, we hit 100 tonight. Oh, man, we're, we're doing so good. Because that's not the thing. What I, what I will say is that each number that we count on Sunday nights is a soul, is a person. And that's what we care about. We, and, 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 I mean, that's what, that's what we preach. We want, to, we want other people to experience Jesus. We want to be Jesus to people. And so if that means that, that we're going to, and we want to count that because we want to track that. Okay, how, man, how are we doing at reaching people? Because people matter. Souls matter. And so it's not about the numbers. We're not going home and getting our self-worth off of, oh, man, we got this many people. Like, we're not t- taking it to our pastor. Like, oh, man, we're doing so good. That's not what it's about. It's about I want more people to experience Jesus. I want more people to be transformed by the love of God. And if that means counting our numbers, man, we, man, more people are experiencing Jesus. That's what it's about. And it's, Chase said this in, in one of the Slay Giants Take Ground message, but it's, it's always all about souls. Always. Always, always, always. So that's, why, that's, that's my heart on attendance at church. I love that. Yeah. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> Go ahead. I would just add, you probably have noticed you started, like, your name on the iPad. That might also be part of the question. Like, yeah. Yeah. why do you care that I am here? Because we care that you are here. Yeah. And we care when you're not here. Yeah, but in not, like, and to clarify, not in, like, a, why weren't you here way? No. Yeah. Right? No, like, we, not like, oh, you haven't been to church in three months. Where have you been? Sinning? <laughs> like, you're sinning somewhere? <laughs> no. That's not, not, that's not how we're, that's not what we're thinking. That's not what we're doing. Because yeah. we love you. And we value you, and it's not in numbers. Because it's not like, oh, there were 40 people. Yeah. It's because, oh, Lauren was here. Oh, Sarah was here. Yeah. Oh, Sarah was not here. Man, what's going on? Like, how can I love her? And, like, see, see how she's doing? Like, I just care about you. And so yeah. that's why we, we care about that you are here and not just yeah. the mass is here. Yeah. I mean, we make a lit. Uh, this is. We make a list of the people who don't show up to the best of our ability. We make a list every week who didn't show up. And that's, and that's not because we believe LWY is the answer. But we do believe that Jesus is preached here. We do believe that we are about Jesus. So, so we want you not to come here not because LWY is the answer, but Jesus is the answer. And, that, and, that, and that's why we just care so much. We love you. We want you to be here. So. That's, um, let's, two questions on youth groups. 
Yeah. One one of them uh one of them speaks to you. Let me pull it up. Why what what do I do if youth group scares me because it clicks? First of all, thank you for asking that question. And man, if if everybody were honest, a majority of us would probably be able to ask that question from a place of experience. Um, clicks. So I'm learning this is not as common of a term anymore as it used to be, but I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about when I say a click. You know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying when I'm saying a click? If you don't, case it's a group of people that like they got a thing going on and you're not a part of it. You come in, you can see that group, and you come in LWI, there's a group that get together, and they're all talking, they're hanging out, and you're like, I, I, I'm not in that clique. I, I'm not a part of it. And you can feel really clicky in places. And youth group is famous for just being a place that can, can be clicky. And uh, I am passionate about crushing clicks. <laughs> um, if you're on a connection team in here, or you have been, you guys are... Uh, I have another name for you, most of you know what it is, but you are the click crushers. <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds, it, I, take it, I take it so seriously. Listen, listen to me. This is a place where I will, because I love people, like I, people that are close to me, that I love, that I wanna be here and have a great time, I will go up to them and say, hey, stop hanging out with these two people, go hang out with somebody new. Go, go meet and hang out with somebody, go bring somebody into your group. Because this is not going to be a place where clicks can survive. Because that where clicks survive, family dies. We cannot, we cannot be a place where, where, where clicks are alive, families die, families dead. We can't have that. This is not going to be a place. So you're, every one of you are a part of that. Every one of you are a part of What's happening? The spelling was wrong, but now it's right. Nice. <laughs> Which, by the way, Sebastian, can we put the number back up just in case? Um. Every one of you can be a part of that. One of the greatest ways you can help break that is bring, bring people into what you got going on. It doesn't always mean you got to like, I can't hang out with my friends at youth group because I'm going to be, you know, they're going to be in a clip. No, like, but you bring somebody in. You got a group. You know some people. Go see somebody who doesn't know some people and be like, hey, what's your name? How, how was your week? What, where do you go to school? Hey, come in, come meet this person. Oh, come meet. Have you met Pastor Chase yet? Have you met Holly yet? Have you met Wesley or Amanda or any? Or go introduce somebody yeah. to them. That's huge. And our connection team, I love, you guys are amazing. You guys are the leading front of this. And, and, and Jessica and the team of people who have been a part of leading that, thank you for, for serving in that, in that way. And if you, if you are passionate about click crushing, you can serve on connection team and continue to help us in creating a place where that does not live here. But let me tell you, we're all human and we're all imperfect and we all fail. So where the ideal is lacking, God's grace abounds. Ideally, this is a family and not a clique, but there's going to be times that it happens. Well, let's, let's give grace and keep working on it because it's, it's going to be something we got to keep working on. Uh, another question on, on, on um, youth groups. I, I couldn't find it. Maybe you can help me ask it. It was a question on um, oh. attending two youth groups. Yeah, it said, I, I, I attend two youth groups. I feel guilty. Uh, what do I do? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that question, too. Love that question. Um, I got, here's the thing. Um, 
In the same way, I kind of joked about the, the attendance thing, and it, you don't, if you're not here for a while, we're like, where are they at? How you, where are you doing? You're, you're not, why aren't you here? You know, making somebody feel bad. In the same way that I'm joking about that, that's not our heart. Same way, if you're attending another youth group and you're coming to this one, I'm not like, what are you doing? You like not love us? Like, are you not loyal here? Like, what's your, that's not it at all. Uh, I'll just give you some wisdom that my youth pastor gave me when I was a youth student, because I wrestled with this all the time. I was like, I'm hungry for Jesus. I want more. I, my, that youth group's on Tuesday. Our youth group's on Wednesday. Pastor Kyle, I can go to both. I can serve in both. I can all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. And all that could have been true, but one of the, one of the most profound things he said to me um, was all along the lines of leadership. It's really difficult to be, uh, it's really difficult to grow healthily when you're under two different leaders, when you're under two different houses, two different coverings. Um, it's not that either one is better or worse. It's just difficult. It's difficult when you're serving and submitted to two different people and places. And if you're if you're only in it to just receive, 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 and consume, 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 then I don't. There's not. I don't got go for it. Hey, but man, if you want to get connected and not just consume, it's really difficult to do that when you spread yourself into different places. And so my encouragement would be: Where's is God leading you to a to a place to connect? Because if that's true, then, then go connect. And if it's here, praise God. If it's not here, praise God. I, our senior pastor says this every time we have a new person's lunch in our main audience or main adult group, whatever. And he tells these new people that are coming and checking out our church, if this is going to be their church or not. He says, hey, if there's something here that doesn't really like, uh, it's not up your alley. Like we would, lo- we love the other churches in the area. And we have some good relationships with some of these pastors and churches. We would love to get you connected to the church that's going to fit more of what you value than maybe here. I love that. That's how I feel. Man, if, if we what we our values here do not fit where you're valued, then like I love Pastor Chad at Evergreen and Natalie. They are amazing. I want to go to their youth group. They are awesome. They're incredible human beings. I love them. Pastor Josh and Brittany, Pastor Josh Taylor at True Grace. I love that man. What a man of God. Uh, Nate Sampson, South Sound Foursquare, brand new Pastor Ryan O'Neill at Mountain View over across the street from Tumwater. These are guys I love. And I cheer them on, and they're amazing, and I want their ministries to, to thrive and, be, and, and just be filled with people who are growing. So if you're not growing here, I mean, I'd love to get you connected to those people. So if you're feeling this, like, ah, guilty, don't, that's not coming from us. I hope, it don't, I hope you don't feel that coming from us. But if it's some turmoil in you, that might be a thing that you and the Lord got to go figure out if you're supposed to go plant somewhere and be in a place that you can grow that's more connected. And that would be my challenge to you, my encouragement to you with that question. And if you got more on that, come talk to me because I'm, I'm, I'm super open. We'd love to get you more uh, connected in that way. Got one? We got time for like maybe two more. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Amanda, do you want to answer that one? How do you keep from comparing yourself to someone that many people compare you to? And just probably comparison at large. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think a lot of it goes back to what Holly said earlier, and all of us have said but like to know who you are in Christ because no matter who people are comparing you to or who you're comparing yourself to, you're never going to be that person you aren't. And when we get so caught up in trying to be that person or feeling the pressure of well, so and so is is comparing.
comparing me to this person and feeling like you have to fill that void. One is it's exhausting, and two, it's yeah. it's not going to give you life because yeah. that's not who the Lord created you to be. Um, I mean, practically, if I'm reading this question right, how do you keep from comparing yourself to someone that many people compare you to? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think even practically, if you are literally feeling like someone is compa- like comparing you to someone, I mean, confront and talk to that person of of having those hard conversations of like how that makes you feel. Because that's not okay. Um, but then on the flip side, too, for your own, how you're talking, how your self-talk is and how much you're reading God's word and how it's reminding you. Because there's always, always going to be something that either people compare us to or we compare ourselves to. But it's it's how we work through the comparison because there's always going to be that thing there. But if we're not continually, it just, I think... The one thing we have to continually go back to, okay, who does the Lord say I am? And that's who I am. Because there's always going to be that thing. Um, but I, I would challenge you too, practically, if that's something that's happen, happening consistently from someone, like pray about and ask the Lord for discernment. How do I approach this? Because because that's that's loving the other person too of approaching the situation. So, yeah. Um. Maybe pick one more, like, easy easy wrap-up one. I'm going to ask this one, but you pick one more easy wrap-up one so I can we can finish with that. Um, man, a lot of questions, a lot of questions, and I love this, and I, we don't have all of the time tonight because we're trying to hit a ton of them uh, that are asking something along the lines of uh, the culture that we live in really being at war with what we believe and how we handle that, how we navigate that. How we how we treat people in in that, and I'm telling you, you you guys live in the most uh, like I, I don't know if history's ever seen something like we've seen right now with with that going on. I mean I mean I'm sure there's different seasons, but something with with digital with the digital technologies and, and social media, it's just expedited. It's just it's it's faster than ever. It's more permanent. I mean things get I mean it's just crazy. So you guys are living in you're living in a really tough time. But, but God decided in the span of eternity to bring you into existence into this generation on purpose. It's not an accident. And we're not sitting here and the heaven's not sitting there going, oh, shoot. We should have, like, put these guys in a different generation so they could have been more successful with their faith. Because how are they going to figure it out now? Like, God's not sitting there going, I don't know what to do. God, God has a purpose in you being alive right here for this time. And... I just, I think more than ever, more than having all of the right answers, let me, hear me, hear me please, more than having all of the right answers to the tough questions, it's genuinely and authentically knowing the answer giver. If you do not know Jesus, if you're not spending time in God's presence, in God's word, it does not matter if you have all the right answers or not. The right answers aren't going to save you. Right answers aren't going to save your friends. My challenge and my encouragement. This does not mean we shy away from tough topics. This does not. This does not mean that we we pull back from the things that are black and white truths of God's word. I'm just spending more and more time with this generation, more and more time with you guys, and more and more time with your friends. And I'm realizing that, like, when it comes to the answers, it's less about the the answer, and it's more about like, are you do you genuinely, are you genuinely full of the presence of God when you go into places? Because that can shift people's hearts. Like. Answers don't always shift people's hearts. God's presence changes everything. 
And so my, my challenge and encouragement to you would be, be more passionate about seeking God's presence and getting in his word than you are about finding all the right answers to the tough cultural questions that are at hand. And in the meantime, while you're literally wrestling with this stuff, so you got a friend who's like, are you going to wear the sticker for uh, Gay Pride Day? Are you going to put it? Are you going to walk in? Are you going to? All these things that are hitting you. You're going like, oh, man, I, this has never been a thing for me. Now I got to figure out if I don't do this, this whole group of people is going to think I hate them. And I don't. But, but the Bible says this about homosexuality, and I don't. There's this new tension that's just different than ever before that you ultimately now are being, people are asking you, what do you think? What do you think about this person? What do you think? Are you going to do this? Oh, you hate them? Are you a bigot? Are you a, you know, what? and, and you're, you're met with something that, is, that is, we just have never seen this before like this. And, and ultimately, there's, there's a lot of confusion and turmoil going on every single day as you go into school and sports teams and family and all that stuff. And uh, my challenge to you is to, to know the Bible, get in the Bible, love people well, be willing to, to, to walk with them in the tension, and speak truth in love. And while you're seeking those answers, just go back to that reality that is more about knowing the answer giver than it is about the answers themselves. Because the answer giver is the endless source to the answers and, and that is, that's the most valuable thing you can take away from this cultural thing going on with all these difficult questions about uh, the things that, that you're wrestling with. With that said, I know we got a lot of those, um, and I don't want to just have soundbite answers with them because that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't always help you. I, I want to talk, I want to pray about a lot of these more. I know we, I like to have more conversations with some context with you as you're asking because a lot of the times just saying like, yes. This is exactly what you should say is not what, what, what should be done. Um, and so one of the things that I want to do is look through some of these and figure out if there's a way in the next few months. we got a relationship series in February, uh, but maybe come March and April, we can take a look at some of the most uh, heated topics that are going on in culture right now in your schools. And we can do some, some unpacking of what the scriptures have to say and what that means for you and how you can walk some of those things out and be a representative of Christ without being somebody that everybody's like, you know, you hate everybody because that's there's a way we can tension it, but the world the world's not always going to see it that way. So, um, great questions, guys. Great questions. You got one more to just wrap us up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we're right there. Um, I, I love this question because it literally applies to everybody. How do you get along with people that just annoy you? <laughs> I love that they put just like they just you can just like hear it in their tone. They just annoy me. Um, who's ever been annoyed by somebody? Come on. Keep your hand up if it's the person next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, hold on, hold on, right here, right here. I love this, I love this question because we, we run into this every single day. I mean, people annoy the crap out of me. And, uh, but I, I, I do want to hit on a couple of things because a lot of times, a lot of times we, we uh, blame shift and it's all their fault. And that's not the truth all the time. Um, a lot of times, we were just talking about this the other day, of sometimes they've annoyed you so many times that it's just become a belief in your head that like they're, un they're just annoying. It's not, it's not what they do, it's who they are. It's a part of their being. Yeah. And when it gets to that point, 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 it's actually on you. You hear me? 
When it gets to that point, it's on you because you're going into every interaction, every conversation, everything that you do, even just like in their presence, you're going into it with an assumption, they are going to annoy me. And, that, and that, that's, that's on you. And I think a lot of times that just happens. We do that. And so I want, I want to touch on that. Always, when, when you come into a situation, you come into a class or whatever, and there's someone that annoys you, evaluate your own heart. Like what Amanda shared out of uh, Psalm 139, of like, Lord, search my heart. What's, what's in here that like, I am, just, I am just not walking in the spirit. If you don't know what walking in the spirit, um, read Galatians chapter five. But uh, walking in the spirit of just love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all these things. Okay, Lord, what in me is causing me not to do those things? And, uh, and, and really evaluating your own heart. Now, I will say, some, sometimes people just annoy you, and you, you're really irritable. But I, I've been reading a lot lately on 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's not just for people who get married and, like, share that at your wedding. Like, like, am I being patient? Am I being kind? Like, am I keeping a record of how many times they annoy me? And um, really evaluating your own heart, because a lot of times it's us. Yep, hit it. I was going to say, because how do you get along with people that just annoy you? And I, we've been talking about this lately in, in our conversation. I was getting so annoyed by this person and realized, oh, I'm just walking in every situation and allowing myself to get annoyed. But with that question specifically, I think sometimes we also can remember, like, we don't have to get along with everyone. Like, not everyone has to be our, our best friend. And sometimes we would mistake, like, okay, well, like, I love Jesus, and I know I'm called to love people, so, like, we get in our head that like, okay, well this person, ha- we have to be friends or like, but it's okay that like you don't necessarily like get along with that person, but there is a difference of choosing to love that person and desp- like despite that. So getting those two things, because I think sometimes we can, and then we spend all this energy of like, okay, well I have to be this person's friend. I have to get along with them. If I'm not, something's wrong. When we really like, okay, well we don't have to agree with everyone, get along with everyone, be friends with everyone, but we are called to love everyone always in the midst of all that. So, The very people that chafe you. I hate that word. Be the very people that change you. Let's go. It's good. Write it down. Yeah. Save it in a journal. Don't, don't tweet it. Yeah. Kind of weird. Will you guys stand to your feet? Can we pray? Can we pray for you as we wrap this up yeah. tonight?